Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. Do you love your job? If not, that's a problem not only for you, but the company and society overall. The World Health Organization recently published a report called Mental Health in the Workplace, and some of the key facts were work is good for mental health, but a negative work environment can lead to physical and mental health problems. Depression and anxiety have a significant economic impact. The estimated cost to the global economy is one trillion U.S. dollars per year in lost productivity. And also, for every $1 put into scaled-up treatment for common mental disorders, there is a return of $4 in improved health and productivity. I found this all very interesting, which is why I predict companies will invest more in the perk of digital health, for better or for worse. (laughs) Find out what I mean after this. Do you love four-letter words? Who doesn't? And then you mix recruiting news and insights in with those four-letter words. I'm Cheese. And I'm Chad. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. We We out. out. Employer brand professionals know that doing great work involves doing big, high-level strategic thinking and getting your hands dirty. That sounds like the kind of work you want to do. Come listen to the Talent Cast. It's the world's most highly caffeinated employer brand podcast. So I was listening to this guy talk about corporate wellness. Uh, His name was... uh... I'm Ron Getzel, senior scientist at the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health and vice president at IBM Watson Health. Yeah, that's the guy. I think he made a pretty compelling argument about why companies should start focusing on the health of their employees. Uh, This is uh, some of what he said. Think about it. On any given day, over 150 million Americans go to work and then spend most of their waking hours on the job. What if businesses use some of that time to promote health and well-being, and in doing so, reduce the incidence of chronic diseases and improve productivity? This makes the workplace an ideal setting to encourage healthy behaviors and thereby significantly impact the health of all Americans. In our heated debates regarding health care, most of the discussion has been focused on providing access to insurance coverage for individuals suffering from an illness. Why not refocus our attention on preventing those illnesses in the first place by helping people gain the knowledge and skills to lead healthy lives? Treating people with chronic diseases accounts for most of our nation's healthcare spending, and we know that many of those diseases and disorders are preventable. Modifiable health risks like poor diet, physical inactivity, high stress, and substance abuse are precursors to many diseases and premature death. They also increase healthcare costs and inhibit worker productivity. But the point is, they're modifiable and can be improved through evidence-based workplace health promotion and disease prevention programs. When done right, these workplace wellness programs can save companies money in healthcare and absenteeism costs and over time achieve a positive return on investment. So what does a well workplace look like? Imagine your job promotes healthy eating physical activity during the workday, work-life balance, trust and respect among workers and managers. This is a workplace that communicates a culture of health in every aspect of company life. Wouldn't you want to work there? Now, all of that made perfect sense to me. 
Healthy employees result in a healthy company, which also means a healthier society. Win, win, win all around. As I think on things now, though, companies have been offering Fitbit devices as part of their corporate wellness program for years. Now, there are more and more and more and more and more tech options on the market uh, that companies are using to promote wellness in their company. And on top of my mind, uh, here are just a few of them. Let me think, let me think, let me think. Yeah, Modern Health is a mental health benefits platform. That's one. And then there's Boy, which is uh, spelled B-U-O-Y, which is a digital assistant you can chat with about your symptoms in order to make better self-diagnoses of yourself. Um, let's see what else. There's Talkspace, which is an online therapy app that connects users with licensed therapists. There's Calm, a sleep and meditation app and feel a wearable designed to monitor the user's emotional state. Uh, there's Enlight, E-N-L-Y-T-E, which is an app that helps users cope with stress, anxiety, depression, and addiction, and other problems such as self-harm, thoughts of suicide, and PTSD. Then there's another one that I thought was kind of cool, uh, Glucose Zone, which offers you exercise therapy based on your real-time blood glucose levels, among other things. Uh, those are just the ones that I can remember now. There are plenty of others out there, I assure you. With so many options available to companies, the future looks bright indeed for the workplace of the future, at least in terms of facilitating healthy employees. Or does it? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what happens when companies take corporate wellness too far? Can companies take corporate wellness too far? Well, I will speculate on that after this. DuckDuckGo is a search engine just like Google, and its main focus is users' privacy. If you have ever used this search engine, you already know what it can do for you. Now, whether you are a new DuckDuckGo user who is trying to learn what all this site can do, or you are someone who has already been using the site for some time, Learning some of the search tips for this famous search engine will not hurt. Go to www.jimstroud.com free to download the free ebook, 12 DuckDuckGo Search Tips You Should Know to Boost Productivity. Again, go to www.jimstroud.com free to download the free ebook, 12 DuckDuckGo Search Tips You Should Know to Boost Productivity. Do it now. You'll be glad you did. This podcast is sponsored by Superpass, the go-to software for out-the-box content websites and mobile apps. With the Superpass platform, you can create your own branded website and native mobile apps to host your digital content, subscribers, and more. Do you have quality content that you want to share with the world in a beautiful and intuitive site? If so, then Superpass can provide the tech solution for you. Hold all your digital content in one place, your brand, your way. Check out superpass.app. That's S-U-P-A-P-A-S-S dot app. Is there such a thing as too much wellness in the workplace? Well, possibly. Consider this quote from CNN Business. Quote, 
U-Haul said it will stop hiring people who use nicotine in the 21 states where companies are allowed to consider tobacco use when making hiring decisions. The company has 30,000 employees in the United States and Canada. The policy will not apply to current employees who may smoke or use nicotine in some other manner. And the new rule won't apply to job applicants in most states. But 21 states allow an employer to decline to hire someone based on their nicotine use, according to the company, and it will implement the policy in those states as of February 1st, 2020, end quote. When I read that, I was more than a bit shocked. At a gut level, it seemed obtrusive in some way, as if a line was crossed. Out of curiosity, I looked into the practice and was surprised that it was not only legal, but has been going on for some time. I guess I'm late to notice this because I don't smoke. Be that as it may, research validated my opinion because it had been shared by many. Listen to these two quotes uh, that I read that I found recently. One from uh, November 17th, 2010, and the other from January 3rd, 2020. This is the uh, 2010 quote, and it's from uh, Christian Science Monitor. For about two decades, smokers have been pushed steadily out of the workplace as lawmakers and employers have sought to minimize exposure to secondhand smoke. Employers have confined smokers to designated areas, moved smoking areas outside buildings, and limited smoking breaks. Now, some companies are opting to push smokers out of the workplace altogether. That's the case with the Massachusetts Hospital Association, an employer of 45 that announced earlier this month it would no longer hire people who smoke. The firm is the first private employer in Massachusetts to take such a step, though several others elsewhere, such as the Cleveland Clinic, a medical center based in Ohio, Alaska Airlines, and Union Pacific Railroad have also stopped hiring smokers. Supporters of the Hire No Smokers policy say it will provide smoke-free work environments and help employers control their health care costs. But critics argue it's a form of discrimination that, moreover, it intrudes into the private lifestyle choices of prospective employees. Now, compare those sentiments with a 2020 quote from The Atlantic, which goes like this. Refusing work to tobacco users is an extreme measure, but it's not unheard of in the United States. Alaska Airlines, miracle Grow, and some healthcare companies forbid smokers in their ranks in states where it's allowed, in addition to countless others with rules on tracking physical activity, weight, and sleep. This increase is managerial nosiness, uh, was encouraged for years by regulations in the Affordable Care Act, and now more than 80% of large employers offer wellness programs, many of which prompt workers to avoid punishment or compete for cash by counting calories, tracking steps, or losing weight. Some programs go further, requiring employees to maintain a certain waist size to avoid fees. 
The issue with this approach is that it positions personal responsibility as a solution to problems that have little to do with individual choice. Codifying well-being into a competition with cash prizes, let alone using wellness as a criterion for hiring in the first place, poses that all workers can and should be striving for a particular set of employer-determined physical and mental goals that they could reach if they just tried. What resonated with me in both quotes is the realization that choice had been eliminated from the equation of corporate wellness. Although I don't smoke, I know people who do and smokers are going to smoke until they decide and really decide to stop. Smoking is not illegal and those who smoke are well aware of the health risk, at least in my experience. Absence of liberty in this instance bothers me on some level. No, smokers don't have to work for U-Haul or any other company for that matter. Still, it feels wrong to bar them from even interviewing. Plus, with unemployment at a record low, it seems like a bad time to implement a policy that would reduce the talent pool even further. I mean, ask any recruiter that. It also sets a precedent that companies know what is best for you when, for better or worse, you should have the personal freedom to make that decision. Today is smoking, but what if companies begin to enforce the benefits of running or meditation or even digital detoxification, which I could endorse? <laughs> Can you imagine hearing a company announcement like this in the office that goes, um, for the greater good of our employees' wellness, we will no longer hire or employ people who drink alcohol beyond moderate doses. Neither will we interview those who do not regularly exercise in the gym or abstain from social media for at least two hours a week. Thank you. That is all. <laughs> I don't know why I did that in an accent, but that's how I heard it in my mind. Anyway, if you were to hear something like that over the loudspeaker at some corporate function, uh, when that makes some headlines. <laughs> Giving an employee technology and information so they can make the best choices for themselves is great. I support that. I would endorse that. Once we take away these options, however, and make them mandates, then I have a problem with it. And I think you should too. But those are just my thoughts. What are yours? If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. You can leave a comment concerning this podcast on my website at www.jimstroud.com. In addition to finding source material and related information for this podcast episode, you'll find other goodies that I hope will make you smile. And if you have not already, please subscribe to my website. Your continued support keeps this podcast train chugging down the track. Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic 
be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.